greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins.
It's a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the fifth Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you're listening to us, we hope you will feel that you're very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son. 
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Daniel, chapter 6, beginning at the 6th verse. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said thus unto him, King Darius, live for ever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the councillors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, and to make a firm decree that whoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing, and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled, and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near, and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree, that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he laboured till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is, that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought, and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, and passed the night fasting, neither were his instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and went in haste unto the den of lions, and when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live for ever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me. 
as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. This is the word of the Lord.
the New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 15, beginning at the 46th verse. Joseph bought fine linen and took Jesus down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulchre which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulchre. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph beheld where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him, but go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Show thy mercy upon us. O Lord, save the Queen. And do thy ministers with righteousness.
Almighty Father, who through thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, hast overcome death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech thee that, as by thy grace preceding us, thou dost put into our minds good desires, so by thy continual help we may bring the same to good effect. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In my last parish in Edgbaston, we were incredibly fortunate in having professional transcripts of all of our parish registers recording baptisms, marriages, and funerals dating back to 1635. They were a fascinating set of documents, and just occasionally stories would emerge unexpectedly about the people whose names and stories appeared in them. On one occasion, I was contacted by an Australian man who was researching his family history. It turned out that one of his direct ancestors, a woman by the name of Jane Davis, had been married at my church at the end of the 1700s. I looked her up and sure enough, there she was, married on the 28th of August, 1796. And her story was a remarkable one because about 10 years after her, her wedding, she was arrested, tried, convicted, and sentenced to transportation to a penal colony on, in Australia on one of the first all-female convict ships. And her crime, believe it or not, was highway robbery. She, together with a man whom I note was not in fact her husband, were holding up coaches on the road between Birmingham and Worcester. Well, if you are going to be sent down, it might as well be for something colourful, I suppose. But I can remember when I first learned of her story, doing a bit of reading around the subject, because it really was quite interesting, and learning in particular of the plight of those women who were sent out to Australia in those early years. Under the convict system, about 10 times as many men as women were transported, which meant that once they arrived, there was a dire shortage of women. In an attempt to redress that gender imbalance, shiploads of poor young men, uh, sorry, shiploads of poor young women and girls who were not convicts were also sent out. On arrival, they were met by men who would board their ships and promise them employment, but who in fact simply took them to brothels more often than not. It was this really awful, appalling situation that inspired a remarkable British woman who was already a committed social reformer to take action. Her name was Caroline Chisholm, and I mention her here this evening because tomorrow, on the 16th of May, she is commemorated in the Church of England calendar. Caroline was born in 1808, and she married a Roman Catholic man named Archibald Chisholm, at which point she was herself received into the Roman Catholic Church. She travelled with her husband first to India, and later, in 1838, to Australia, where she was profoundly concerned by the plight of those poor women arriving in Sydney. She set up an office to help to find them legitimate work and also a refuge where they could stay in safety. And she campaigned tires tirelessly on their behalf and she campaigned tirelessly to change attitudes about them. And all of this despite all the personal prejudice that she herself encountered amongst the authorities 
not only because she was a woman, but of course because of her Roman Catholicism. Caroline Chisholm herself describes how she tried to ignore what she felt profoundly was her sense of calling, but nevertheless ultimately felt compelled to do something. Um, she wrote and said this, on Easter Sunday, I was enabled at the altar of our Lord to make an offering of my talents to the God who gave them. I promised to know neither country nor creed, but to serve all justly and impartially. By all accounts, Caroline Chisholm's achievements in Australia were absolutely phenomenal. Despite having few resources and no official authority, it's estimated that she settled no fewer than 11,000 people and reunited 600 families. She transformed conditions and attitudes. She was fearless in confronting injustice, getting more and more politically radical as she grew older. But she was also, by all accounts, a woman of immense generosity of heart. She was charitable, and she was supportive and encouraging of all who needed it. One of her contemporaries described her admirable obstinacy in doing good, a sublime stubbornness. I love the notion that sublime stubbornness might be recognised as a gift of the Holy Spirit. But of course, as exemplified in the life of Caroline Chisholm, it was stubbornness dedicated to the support of the vulnerable, dedicated to pursuit of social justice. And there can be few more noble manifestations of the quality of admirable obstinacy than that. Amen.
Let us pray. God of love, your Son commanded his disciples to love. Make this our first thought and intent. Fill your church with the gift of your abiding grace. We pray today for the Scottish Episcopal Church, for Mark Strange, Bishop of Moray, Ross and Caithness, also for the church in Viborg in Denmark and for its Bishop Henrik. We pray for Christian Aid Week and we ask for a blessing on the leaders of all your holy churches, and especially Sarah our Bishop and Alison our Rector. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, you desire that humanity should dwell together in unity and peace. Heal us of the anger and bitterness in which violence and hatred breed. Teach us the way of self-giving love. We continue to remember before you all those places in our world where there is war and conflict. We pray especially for Ukraine and Russia. And we remember journalists in the Ukraine and elsewhere where they are in harm's way in the course of their work. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, you show compassion and mercy to all your children. Embrace in your love all who cry for relief in their suffering. Revive our longing hearts. We pray a blessing on those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. We pray for all who suffer, in body, in mind or in spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, you open to all people the gates of your new Jerusalem. Welcome to your heavenly city, all who have died. We remember before you all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Take away the heartache of grief and replace it with the joy of your eternity. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.